Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Just landing and not really anybody speaking English had its a pretty big shock factor. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be new on a missions assignment or considered the path to get there? Well, this week, we're going to talk with a missionary who's pretty new in Poland. This is the Engaging Missions Show, episode 223, with Matthew Meyer. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensinger. Thanks for stopping by and welcome to the show. We provide ways for you to hear a message make connections, and sometimes even take action. This show is made possible in part by generous support from listeners like you. Visit engagingmissions.com slash patron to learn more about how you can be involved. This week, we're going to be talking about God's calling, preparation, balancing priorities, and the importance of learning the language and the culture. And after we've talked to Matthew, I'm also going to have for you a podcast recommendation. Be sure to tap the cover art and click through to find ways to connect with Matthew. And whether you're completely clear on where God's calling you or are perhaps even still in process, I'd encourage you to pay attention to how God has worked out his calling for Matthew and his wife over the course of time. I think that sometimes it's good to hear that it's not always 100% clear from the outset, and Matthew's story demonstrates that really well. I think you're really going to enjoy this. All right, today I am incredibly happy to have with me Matthew Meyer. He grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, and he spent some time in high school and undergrad in North Carolina. Now he's serving God with IMB in Poland. So, Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to uh, dig into some of this stuff with you. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. I can't wait to do this. Now, one of the things is I was looking through your your information is it, it stuck out to me that you grew up in Alaska and that you're now in Poland. Are there any similarities? I would definitely say so. I moved to Alaska when I was one years old okay, and then lived there till I was about 14 or 15. As most people know, they think of Alaska, they think lots of snow, very cold. And thankfully, where I lived in Anchorage, it was in the summer, we would get to 70, 75 degrees, mm. no humidity. It was absolutely gorgeous. But Poland, especially we're in southern Poland and Krakow specifically, and it is a very similar climate as far as temperatures. We actually got about five inches of snow yesterday, which was really cool. Oh. But as far as temperature and, and climate, it is very similar. The thing that probably is the most similar and that I remember as a kid is the daylight and darkness. Mm. Um as a kid growing up, you know, we would go to, in the winter, we would go to school in the dark and we would come home in the dark. Um, there would only be, you know, maybe four or five hours of daylight during the day. And so 
that that's definitely similar here. You know, it, it gets dark right now at about four o'clock, maybe even three thirty, and so we'll we'll keep doing that for about another month, and then the time will start getting better as far as that's concerned. So temperature and and weather very very similar. I would definitely say so. Oh, very very cool. And and speaking of temperature, I'm wondering what is the the spiritual temperature of Poland? Poland is ninety five to ninety seven percent. Catholic. Okay. When we first found out we were coming to Poland, I saw this video of somebody just explaining what it means to be Polish. And for every person to be Polish is to be Catholic. It's very hand in hand. Mm. Now, that's 100% true for the older generation. Uh, For the younger generation, I, I definitely think it's moving away from that but they still have Catholicism in their roots. Mm. And so I would say for for many, if you ask them, okay, what do you believe? What do you, who do you pray to? They would you know, automatically default to Catholicism. Mm. And the older generation are definitely doing that in the sense of attending mass and, and things of that sort. The younger generation, I believe, and we have great teammates that have been on the field for a long time, and they would say are culturally Catholic. Okay. Their, their grandmother, their grandfather, their mother, their father were all Catholic. So by inheritance, they're Catholic as well. But they don't; they're not actively Catholic in most cases. There's a lot of cases, or some cases as well, where you know younger generations are attending. Obviously, um, that's not a hundred percent by any means. But yeah, definitely um, very Catholic in the sense of culturally, traditionally, it's kind of if you're Polish, you're Catholic. That, that's very interesting. I didn't know that about Poland, so I'm, I'm glad that you brought that out. As, as I think about a nation that's 97% Catholic, at least in terms of how they identify, I would imagine that creates some strong opportunities or some some challenges in presenting a relationship with God if they've always grown up thinking, hey, I'm okay, everything's good, because we're all Catholic, my whole family's Catholic, I went to Mass as a kid, I'm, I'm all good. Does that create some challenges there? Yeah, it definitely has some some great aspects as far as open doors, but then it has some huge challenges as well. And, you know, for a lot of people, uh, when we told them we were moving to Europe to serve the Lord and doing international missions to, to evangelize and ch- plant churches, they're like, oh, you're going to Europe? What are you going on vacation for three years? But Europe has its own challenges. Yes, the physical stresses aren't necessarily there. We have a lot of the things that we had back in the States. There obviously are some differences, but the spiritual climate is very difficult. The nice thing is because Poland is so Catholic, it does open doors easily for starting conversations. Hmm. Oh, okay, you believe in God, I believe in God. And so it at least gets the conversation started. Where the really difficult thing comes is the fact that, like you were saying, People assume they're okay. Okay, I go to Mass. I go to confession. Right. I do my Hail Marys. I pray to saints. I, I do all this stuff, so I'm okay. And, and, and really, unfortunately, it it eggs on the works-based salvation, which, as I read the scriptures, that is, we see justification through faith. Right. And so it really does make some difficult things because you're sharing the gospel with them. And, and most of the things, they're agreeing. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Oh yeah, that's I totally agree with that. But they you have to really stress the differences at the same time as not offending their culture. Now, the gospel can be offensive. That's right. it, that's part of it. 
but you have to be culturally sensitive. And, and so one of our strategies is not to come out and say Catholicism is wrong because I, I do believe in some cases there are some Catholics that I do believe are true believers because they believe Jesus is the son of God. Mm-hmm. They believe that he died on the cross for their sins. Um, and it's not a works-based, but for most it is more works-focused. And so we really have to stress that fact and the fact of who Jesus is and, and so breaking down some of those cultural barriers, that cultural baggage, really has has its own challenges. For example, I had a friend recently that I've been meeting with quite often who recently came to know the Lord. Just so thankful that I was able to be uh, used in that capacity. But baptism is a huge issue for Poles in general. Oh. When they're a kid, they get sprinkled. And okay. so they're good to go. Their family is okay. You were sprinkled. You're fine. Mm-hmm. That's not something that needs to be thought of down the road. Well, what we believe is that baptism is through submersion. And what it represents is dying to our old self and and becoming new in Christ. And so although baptism isn't something that saves you, it is a huge representation of what you believe and and who God has made you to be. Mm -hmm. And so we find baptism very important. Well, for a lot of Poles, they will come to faith, but it is a huge roadblock for them to get baptized. For, for a couple of reasons. One, the alienation with their family and friends. Oh, yeah. Um, it can definitely cause some things there. And the other side of it is if you get baptized in a evangelical or a Protestant church, you need to go get your name taken off the roll at your Catholic church that you grew up in. Oh. And for that, it's, it's very, it would look really bad in this culture. And so for a lot of Poles, it's very difficult for them to make that next step. And so when they are able to make that next step, it's, it's a really big jump for them. And it really, I think it does amazing things in their lives. And just in the short time, eight months we've been here and some of the stories from our teammates. So yeah, I would, I would definitely say there's lots of open doors that the, the country being so religious, but then it also has a lot of baggage and challenges alongside of it. Yeah. And, and let's let's bring that back home for just a second, because you mentioned the the challenge with somebody who's been raised in in faith and maybe they have a, a works based relationship with that. You know, they're really not trusting in Christ. But I would imagine that even across the U.S. or in, in evangelical churches, you could find the same kind of thing. And I'm wondering, how have you found ways to help people bridge the, the gap between what they understand from their being raised and having been in a cultural church to an actual real relationship with God? I would definitely agree 100% as far as your comparison with the States. I um, did not st- start following the Lord until I was 18, mm. my senior year of high school. And so for me before that, I just assumed, okay, I'm a good person. I believed God was real, so that was enough. So mm. same concept. I'm trying to be a good person, do good things, and God's real. So similarities there. And so what I've found, even from my own personal experience, the thing that really got me interested in the Lord, got me interested in learning more about who God and who Jesus is, was scripture. And so in my limited experience here in Poland, thankfully, I had lots of opportunities in the States and kind of used a similar strategy, is just walking through scripture together. My friend that I've been meeting with that recently came to know the Lord, we've been walking through, we did creation, the fall, redemption, restoration, and just walk through those the grand narrative of scripture. And that really, walking through that with him, he said, I've never read scripture in this light because a lot of times in the Catholic Church, it's the priest reading it and the the congregation isn't really involved. They're not mm-hmm. encouraged to read it themselves. 
for me to be able to walk through scripture with him verse by verse and really just dissect it and allow him to hear it, how he reads it for the first time, I think played a huge role in, in his particular case. And, and that's what I've tried to do with a lot of people that I've met is allow our most effective tool, scripture, to be the, the highlight, to be the star. Uh, obviously, that's biblical, and I believe God has given us that tool to be used in such fashion. I would just encourage people, I know it worked personally in my life, and I've seen it work in others' lives, allow scripture to speak. God will use us as vessels. God will use us to to reach people. But I really think that our most valuable tool to share the gospel, to uh, encourage people and show them the truth is the Word of God. Wow, that is incredibly powerful. I was actually taking notes while you were talking because allow Scripture to speak. That That's a powerful statement, and it's so easy sometimes to forget the reality of the gospel as it's contained in Scriptures. I really appreciate that. Let, let's zoom back, though. You're Currently, you're about eight months or so into your time at, in Poland as we're recording this, but you actually got your start as part of a, a missions trip back in college. Can you maybe share a little bit about that? Yeah, I came to know the Lord my senior year of high school. Just a brief little bit about my testimony. Mm-hmm. I was on track. I wanted to go to vet school and become a veterinarian. I um, wanted to do that since I was six years old. Wow. Uh, freshman year of college, I was a biology and chemistry major at UNCW in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I was on track to do all that. And God hit me very hard and directly and told me to change my major. So I switched all the way from chemistry and biology to philosophy and religion. So Mm. quite a big change. And so thankfully, the church that I um, started following the Lord in was very missions oriented. And so I had the opportunity to go on a trip to East Asia for a summer for about five weeks. Okay, I had been out of the country a little bit before, like Canada, growing up in Alaska, you're not too far away. <laughs> right. Not too far out of the country, but this was my first time really overseas. Okay. And so the church that I was, I went to college in and a little bit of high school, it was very missions oriented and they did this trip regularly. And so it was kind of just, for me, assumed to be a Christian, you should go on a short-term mission trip at least once, if not more consistently. And so at first I felt like God was telling me to go. But it was one of those things, a lot of people are doing it in my church, so I'm going to kind of follow their lead. Little did I know uh, how much God would work in my life during that five weeks. Not only did I I have the opportunity to see so many people come to know the Lord and and believe in Him, which was just amazing, but the work in my personal life, before Him confirming that I needed to switch my major and pursue seminary, I wasn't quite sure, okay, what should I pursue seminary in? What should I focus my degree in? Well, that trip confirmed it for sure. It really showed that God wanted me to do something overseas in some place. He didn't give us an exact location. He didn't give us exactly what we wanted to do. It wasn't specific like that in any means. It was just the call to go. And so my time over there really, I hadn't thought about it a lot. I had even considered maybe doing something in youth ministry But my time over there, God really used to show me that this was the path, this was the next step that he was wanting me to take. And as you were thinking about that next step, I think I remember you mentioning something about there being, uh, that God began to reveal lostness and uh, a lack of access to the gospel. Can you share a little bit about how God started to reveal that to you and then what that did to you? So my family is, are not all believers. And so that has its own challenges as well. Mm. And so for a lot, when we found, when I 
especially when me and Shelby got married and we really decided, okay, we're going to pursue living overseas and planting churches and, and sharing the gospel and, and attempting to reach people. A lot of people, we had two reactions, uh, three. We had excitement, obviously, from some. And then yeah. one reaction was, well, a lot of people here need help. Why can't you stay here and do the same thing? Don't right. disagree with that statement one bit. I, I do believe there's a lot of people in the United States that do not know the Lord. And that's why we have a great sister company in NAM and, and what they're doing. And we were abs- actually part of a NAM church plant outside of D.C. for two years. And so we had experience on that end, which was fantastic. But at the same time, when I read scripture, I, I believe that God calls specific people to specific places. And so I believe, me and my wife believed that God was calling us to serve those people overseas. So when people said, well, what about the people here? I said, I understand that. I know there's people here that need to know the Lord in an intimate and deep relationship, but I know that God has called us to do this and we have to be obedient in that because Mm -hmm. God does not prepare everybody, does not give everybody the tools to live overseas, to be able to understand and, and really get into a new culture and a new language. It's just not everybody's cup of tea, for lack of a better saying. And so being able to feel that from the Lord, that was just a huge help in knowing that he was calling us to do that specifically. And like I said, it wasn't a, okay, I want you to go serve in the jungle in the middle of some country. It was just a general calling to go. Mm. Um, the, the specific bits of our calling came later through the process. Can, can you say more about how that came? Because I'm really intrigued in how God got you from Anchorage to, to South Carolina to Asia and then ultimately now to Poland. And knowing now that you didn't actually have a clear path to this is where we're going, you just started stepping out in faith. I'm really intrigued by how God led you. That's one of my favorite parts of just our story, just because uh-huh. it is very interesting. As far as from Alaska to North Carolina, it was strictly my parents' job my dad's job. And so they moved us to North Carolina to to work there, went through school. And and at the time when moving, I didn't realize how God was using that. And obviously I believe that was a big part in my salvation was, was getting us, getting me there, uh, which I'm just super thankful for. But as far as going from Alaska to North Carolina, to Asia, to Poland, I knew there was a, a, a calling to go in general. So we had friends that were in the similar process. So Southeastern Seminary does a process through the IMB where you can work on your master's degree, which I'm almost finished with, in international church planning. Mm. And what you do is you do, they call it the two plus three or three plus three program. You do a couple years in the States doing classes, and then you serve, you do the rest of your classes on the mission field, on the mm. field serving people. And they really... They coordinate everything with IMB, so it's very fluid and allows us eventually to turn around and come back and serve with the IMB long term, which is what our plan is. And so the way that process works is we we had lots of friends going into it that did have that specific calling. They knew, okay, we need to go to this people group or we need to go to this country. This is where we feel like God's calling us. The IMB is really good about having options for people who are a little bit more honed in exactly to what God's calling them. And they have a great route for people who just know they're supposed to go. And so through reading scripture, through prayer, God continued to shrink our location. We know we have personal strengths and we have personal weaknesses. One of my wife's and I's personal weaknesses is we do not like hot weather. 
And so going from Alaska to North Carolina as a kid, that had his challenges. And she grew up in North Carolina, but we both could not stand hot weather. So we knew for us that was a limitation. We could not go to a climate that was very, very hot. We knew we would have issues with that. And so that closed the doors. Another way God spoke to us was through my wife's blood type. She has a little bit more rare blood type, and she has a negative blood type, and I have a positive blood type. So that presents its own challenges because somewhere in Asia, in a lot of countries in Asia, they are 99% positive blood types. So this is a country specific, I'm not going to name, that I just happen to know the stats for. They are 99% positive blood type. And so they don't keep negative blood types on hand in most blood banks or hospitals. Hmm. So if she were to have an accident and needed blood, that would make it difficult. Wow. The other side of that too is if we were to have a kid, if the baby were to be a positive blood type, her antibodies could attack the babies and she would need a certain shot. Well, in a country that has 99% the same blood type, those shots aren't very easy to get. And so that limited some of the countries we could go to. So God kept showing us different things and said, okay, I still haven't told you exactly where to go, but (laughs) I'm going to knock this chunk of the world off or I'm going to knock this part of the world off. And so it was really a slow process of chiseling of God just saying, okay, let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of this. And then part of the process with IMB is to walk through and they do something called Expo. They give us three days to look over a hundred jobs, to talk to different people and in prayer and in work through scripture to decide where we feel like God is calling us. And we give them our top three picks. Hmm. The IMB has people all over the world. There's seven different affinities that they send people. And so as we got closer to that time, we felt God leading us towards Europe. And that was strictly just through our personal walk with the Lord. That was through reading scripture. That was through prayer time and just a joint time of Shelby and I seeking out God. And so once again, he chiseled away more and brought us to Europe. But once we got to Expo, we had no clue what that looked like. We get the job booklet and there's maybe six jobs out of a hundred in Europe. And so we're like, oh, maybe we misheard what God was saying to us. Hmm. And so we're looking through and they look interesting, but we just don't have that. I know for me, I've had God speak to me where he just gives me a peace and a, and a calmness and we weren't getting that feeling. And so we kind of highlighted some things we wanted to talk to some of our representatives about. And we go to them about one of the jobs and it was in Warsaw, Poland. It looked interesting. And we go to talk to him and he says, oh, that job actually isn't on the books anymore. I meant to take that out. I was like, okay, well, that was the one we seemed most interested in. So where does that <laughs> leave us? And he said, well, we actually have a job in Krakow that it was the same position, but moved to Krakow because of some team stuff. Mm. And so I said, I said okay can we take a look at it? He said, yeah, I just didn't have time to put it in the book. Let me write it up and I'll I'll give you all the paperwork. And so the first night we stressed a little bit because we have a hundred jobs to look out and, you know, and only three days to try to figure it out. And so a little stressful, didn't sleep great. And so the next day we get the information about Krakow. We have the opportunity to have a Skype meeting with the team leader here, Mark Edworthy, which was just a phenomenal confirmation for that. And so by the end of that second night, God just gave us a complete calmness, a complete peace Mm. of this is where I'm taking you. This is the people that I want you to reach, to share the gospel with, to bring my love to them. And so it was just really, it wasn't an audible word. It was just a calmness and a peace of knowing that this job wasn't even in the books. 
And when we went to, to look at a different job, God said, nope, I don't want you to have this one. Here it is on a silver platter. Take this one. And so by the second night, we had two backups just in case. They have you pick three options and they were all in Europe. But we were very confident that God was calling us to Krakow specifically. So by that second night, we, we slept like a baby. We slept like rocks. It was, it was fantastic just to, just to see the difference in a, a day could bring with God giving us that confirmation. And we had friends that it took them to the last 15 minutes of when they had to t- hand in their papers. And so we were just thankful that we were able to have that time of just being relaxed and just confident in where we knew exactly where God was calling us. Wow, that is an incredible story. At that time, you had a real strong peace and some confirmation from God that this was the direction to go. Now I'm wondering, as you, the, the day that you landed in Poland, your first day on, of experience over there, what was that like? Did that peace continue? How, how did that play out? So Krakow itself is the second biggest city in Poland, about 800,000 people. I've lived in big cities before, so that wasn't really a shock by any means. But I think, as most people expect, just landing and not really anybody speaking English had its uh, a pretty big shock factor. Now, the beautiful thing was we have a fantastic team here. And so we are super blessed in the sense that they made the transition very smooth. Mm. They helped us get through some of the cultural things that we just had no idea about. They helped us walk through just simple setup stuff like going to Ikea to get furniture for our apartment. Right. You know, things that without language can be very difficult just to even to, they start asking you questions about, oh, do you have an Ikea card or um, how do you want to pay for this? And we just didn't have any language in us. And so just having a team here really helped with that transition time. But as far as that first feeling, it was just pure excitement. Mm. It was a little bit of nervousness because my wife had the opportunity to go to London the previous year on a a short-term trip, which was a great experience for her, but I had never been in Europe before myself. And so just knowing that we were in the place that God called us, it was a moment of of real excitement and just really calmness. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, you always have that nervous, that nervousness there and being in a new place and a new culture. And on the weather aspect, it was 75 degrees and sunny. We landed April 2nd. And so like, wow, we didn't think it was going to be so hot here, which 75 is really not bad. But this was in April. So we were figuring still be a little <laughs> chilly, still bring spring. Well, little did we know two days later, we would have about an uh, inch and a half, two inches of snow. And so mm. we were thankful that, okay, we weren't moving into quite of a super hot climate. But yeah, as far as that first feeling, it was definitely one of excitement. It was one of just knowing that we were where we were being obedient to our calling and we were, we are in the location that God has called us to serve what we feel like as, as long term. That's great. Now, currently you're, you're, you're continuing your education here in the U.S. And I think that you said that you're also involved in some, some language school. And I'm just wondering, as you think about your, the, the, the amount of work that's going into your education right now, I understand that's investing in the future, but I'm also wondering, in, in what ways are you able to interact with and share the love of Christ with the people in Poland? So yeah, I'm finishing my master's degree at Southeastern. And really, it's not, it, it is doing more classes while I'm here. So that does present its challenges with time mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. But as far as doing online classes, not a huge concern. 
the language program, the IMB for people that are planning on serving long-term, they invest a lot of money into getting us the language because to be able to effectively share the gospel with people, we need to be able to do it in their heart language, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. And so they invest money for people that they know are going to be with them a long time, which is phenomenal. Really, for this first two to three years, our job is language school. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean we're not sharing the gospel. That doesn't mean we're not being a part of church planning, being a part of ministry and outreaches. And it, it really is a hard thing to balance sometimes because my personality is instead of, you know, maybe stepping back and just allowing language to take everything kind of time wise, I prefer to be too busy sometimes, which is my own personal fault. And so I'll jump into anything that's possible. Now, the beautiful thing is having a good team here that already had ministries established, that already had opportunities for us to serve, really allowed us to have our focus of language because we know how important it is, but still be involved in ministry. One of our ministries here is the American football has been in Poland for about 10 years. Hmm. It's getting more and more popular. And one of my teammates has actually been the head coach of the Krakow Tigers. They were the first American football team here in Krakow. He's been the head coach for quite a while. And so that allowed me, I love football. That was a nice aspect of it. But what it allowed me to do was to instantly meet new people. You know, we have anywhere from 30 to 60 people at practice, depending on the day and and, and the week. And so it allowed me instantly to get involved into people's lives because I knew that language was a focus, but I knew the real reason I'm called here long term is to share the love of Christ with people. And mm-hmm. so being able to have a, a established team on the field, I believe played and still is playing a huge role in our transition here in Poland because it allows us to step into existing ministries that have already been going. But at the same time, we're still working on starting our own ministries. One thing that is encouraged on our team is to use our hobbies and passions to reach people and and start new ministries. Hmm. We have a rather big team now, about six family units. When we moved here, we were the third. And so we've doubled in size in the eight months we've been here, which is a huge blessing. And so one of my personal ministries is I love mountain biking. In the States, that was one thing I did to to just meet new people and be involved in people's lives. And for me, honestly, outside of the community of Christ, the cycling community is one of the most close-knit communities I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. So it naturally has aspects that leads toward gospel conversation, that leads towards gospel topics. And so for me, I made it a goal within the first month to go into a couple different bike shops and just try to meet some of the people at the bike shops. Because I worked in the bike industry in the States for about five years. I have experience there, so it's something I was passionate about, and I knew... I could talk to people about that kind of stuff, even if it was in my very, very basic hello, goodbye Polish um, that I had at the time. And and thankfully, I did find some people that spoke pretty good English. But one of my best friends here now is a guy that I met at a local bike shop uh, about three weeks in. And we have, we meet about once a week. I go and help him at his bike shop. We have good conversation. He is not a follower, but I've had the opportunity to share the gospel with him many times. And we've become really close. And so, just using our hobbies and passions to meet new people has been a great blessing because when you're able to do something that you love as far as as a, as a hobby or a passion, 
and then you're able to use that for gospel advancement, it's, it's a beautiful combination because you have every part of your heart, every part of your passion working towards it. And so it really is just a great combination. So using our hobbies and passions to meet new people, being a part of existing ministries from our teams, we have to be intentional mm. of going out and meeting new people. We have to be intentional of not allowing language to overrun everything, even though we still have to remember how important long-term language will be. Yeah, totally. And, and I'm really, I mean, it's so cool that you get to use that passion, that that joy for mountain biking, the the years of experience in the industry already. I, I'm really, I'm really jazzed about that. I'm wondering, now that you're there, you've been there about eight months or so, is there anything that you miss? That's a tough question for me. You have the answer, like family, friends. Sure. But thankfully, technology is so amazing. It's it's very easy to be able to send a text or do a quick video chat or, or something like that with family. So having that sort of connectedness has been very nice. Our first, so just a little bit of update, we have had the opportunity to be a part of a new church plant here in Krakow. We, oh. started, in, we started in September. We um, have about, at the time, had about five Polish families. And then our team here with IMB here in Krakow. And we're, we're, usually averaging between 40 and 50 people with kids on Sunday mornings. And and the Lord has given us opportunity for a, a location where we've done some renovations and have a consistent home for the church and things of that sort. And so that, that has been over the past couple months. But for those first couple months, I really did miss my community of fellowship with other believers yeah. in the context of worshiping together in English talking about scripture together in English and just living life with other people, other believers. We have our team here, which like I have stated multiple times has been amazing, yeah. but it, it's still, it's still something that was missed for, for a while. It definitely is getting better because we're part of this new church plant. We were attending a local Baptist church in uh, Krakow that's been here for quite a while but it's different when it's all in Polish, which our church plant is all in Polish as well. Mm. But now my language is getting to the point where I'm able to understand a lot more things. But just the the community is more fellowship oriented, more living life together oriented than when we were going to the other church. And so that really, that was something I missed for quite a while leading up to when the new church plant started. So I've been thankful God is, it's still not, it's definitely different but it's been something that God has worked and, and, and made a step in my life towards that. And on a silly note, probably the thing my wife and I miss the most is probably Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. One of our things, uh, even in dating and now as husband and wife, we would go to go to Taco Bell, get dinner, and then we would go walk around Walmart and just look at all the sales stuff. And, you know, kind of silly, <laughs> but it was something we enjoyed doing together. And we found some stores yeah. kind of similar to Walmart that we can do the walking around thing. But we definitely still we definitely still miss uh, Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I, I've heard some people say that the thing that they missed was peanut butter or something that we would think is so simple, but it's a different culture. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that one culture is more advanced than the other. It's just it's a different culture. They maybe don't have that. I, I really appreciate that. As we start to shift our focus more toward our listeners. I know that there are some people out there who are feeling called toward missions. Maybe they've had an experience similar to yours. Maybe they haven't, but they don't necessarily know what the next step is or, you know, what even maybe have a vision for the future. What would you share with somebody if you were sitting down with them over coffee and they said, hey, I feel like God's calling me to toward missions, but I don't, I just don't know what to do next. 
for me, I love using personal experience because I believe yeah. that God has given me those experiences to use and share with others. And so uh, something I've just encouraged people in the past and I would continue to do is when you start to feel that calling, when you start to feel that that yearning for for whatever it is that God's leading you towards, I recommend sharing that with others. As, you know, your close knit mm. friends, your community believers that can come around you and pray with you and can really just pour into what you're walking through because God so many times in my life has used other people to speak into my life when I've been confused, when I've had a rough idea of what I'm supposed to be doing, but I just can't quite get the specifics. And I would go to one of my best friends, go to one of my fellow brothers in Christ, and they would say, oh, I totally understand that. Either they've walked through something similar, and so they have those experiences they can share with me. But mm-hmm. just having that opportunity to go to other other believers, other brothers and sisters in Christ, and just being able to share with them, to have them pray over you, to be able to walk through those things with, I think is just paramount into to helping identify when God hasn't quite shown everything. He doesn't lay out the entire plan for us. Right. But I do believe strongly that God uses other people to help relay his plan for us in a lot of cases. And so I would say giving that information to others so that they can walk alongside of you with that. And then also doing your due diligence and research and, and understanding, okay, if I have an idea that, okay, I feel God is calling me to missions, well, what are possible avenues? You don't have to know every single one, but knowing that you have companies like the IMB, you have companies like NAM, YWAM, all these different things. What are my options for going? One of the big things that the IMB is doing now is doing what they call limitless senders. And so they're sending people that are not necessarily fully funded by the IMB, but they're going and starting their their jobs that they have in the States to work overseas. So they're still working full time, but then they're also working as missionaries. And so, you know, knowing your different options and possibilities of going, I think is smart. You don't have to know every little thing about it, but doing your due diligence and research. Some people would say, well, if you just do all that research and, and try to decide for yourself, are you stifling the spirit? I don't believe that's the case. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad thing to have all your information. I think God can use that to help show you exactly where he's calling you. Yeah, totally. I appreciate you sharing that. Do you have a, a book or a resource that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? The IMB itself, the website is phenomenal as far as just learning a lot about what the options for. And the cool thing is, it isn't all about, okay, you have to go through us. This is This is the only way to get overseas. It's just more biblical focus of why we go when we go, how we realize God's calling. So the imb.org has a lot of different resources that I think are phenomenal. And then just different books. I don't have any specific titles, but I've read some books recently just on leadership and different things like that. Even if you're not in a leadership role, I've found having the understanding of what a lot, what leaders are going through and what they deal with allows me to, one, be a better leader, but to understand the people that I'm underneath, what they're going through, and being able to to walk through stuff with that, like like that with them, and so I, I unfortunately I don't have anything specific that I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, just sure. just things like that, different topics that you feel like God is kind of leading you towards. Okay, last question: How can we best pray for you 
I was sharing with you, Brian, a little bit earlier about just language studies. And I talked about earlier as well, how important it is to be able to share with people the gospel in their heart language, because to truly be able to understand the the entirety of the gospel, knowing it in your heart language is just so much more effective. It, it would be like somebody trying to explain the gospel to me for the first time in Mandarin. I would be clueless what to what was going on. And so being able to really understand that is is one reason we're so focused on language. And so just for my wife and I, I really enjoy learning languages. And so I, I really had a good time, but Polish is a very challenging language. So if you guys could just be praying for language acquisition, culture acquisition, and just understanding how Poland works in general, that would be phenomenal. Obviously, our new church plant, we would always appreciate prayers for. Everything has been going really well. God is bringing new believers. God is bringing new people to the church, and we're very excited about what he's doing. We do have a goal. The beginning, end of next 2018, beginning of 2019, we would like to work towards starting another new church. And so just preparing families and people to be a part of that next step would just be phenomenal. And then for our team here, we're going through the holiday season. For Shelby and I, this is our first holiday away from families. And so that's been a little difficult. And then just for our team in general, being away from families during the holiday season is tough. So if you guys could just be praying for a close time with each other, but then also with our other teammates here so that we won't miss family too much over the holiday season. I appreciate you sharing that. And for those of you that are listening, I would like to encourage you to just take a minute, pause the recording, and take this time to pray for for Matthew and for the team about language, about church, uh, about the holidays, and about just the team in general. Because I, I can't imagine some of the challenges that come with being, being involved in cross-cultural ministry because I'm not. And so, uh, you know, we have to trust God to take care of that stuff for us. Matthew, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Loved our time together. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. I love sharing my story and, and just sharing God's story, really. At the end of the day, that's, that's what it is and how God's moving and working. So just thank you so much for the time. I hope everybody enjoys. This week's podcast recommendation is Doing Ministry Well. The show is hosted by my friend Jim Baker, and I'm not talking about the Jim Baker from TV back in the 1980s. Full-time pastors, overseas missionaries, students, and managers at Starbucks. He interviews people in a variety of ministries. Doing Ministry Well is a podcast for every Christian, and I'd like to recommend that you, at the very least, check it out. Visit missionalaudio.com to find a link to go check out Doing Ministry Well and a large variety of other podcasts and audiobooks designed to help you in your faith walk and focused on evangelism, discipleship, missions, and some of the things that are related to that. I think that you're going to find that very valuable. I'd like to say one more thank you to Matthew Meyer for taking the time to be with us. I really appreciated and enjoyed this conversation, and I hope that you did as well. Show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Matthew Meyer. That's where you're going to find ways to comment, to connect with the guest, and also to share the show. Next time, we're going to hear from a missionary who's had to leave more than one country abruptly and is now transitioning again. The best way to make sure that you don't miss this is to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you have a story of how you have been equipped, challenged, or inspired through the Engaging Missions 
show. I'd love to hear from you. Send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. And one more time, thanks for being here. I really look forward to connecting with you in just a couple of weeks. 